Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, Aki, in very long odds, I've made it back in one piece from Hope Island. All my faculties, all my uh, worldly possessions still intact, and it's good to be here for round 22 with you. How are you, mate? Uh, are you talking about your worldly possessions that the missus didn't get rid of while you are away? Oh, mate, if anything, she's high, she's got more stuff in. I think I was at home for three deliveries yesterday, so more crap. Right. And nothing Cowboys related, which is absolutely dreadful. Although, before we get into the, the rundown of uh, what we're here for with Supercoach, I want to hear about the, the, probably the most, well... Fairly wild story of the weekend. Absolutely. Always up for you, wild stories. It involves one of my worldly possessions, actually. It was the Cowboys game. We're watching on a mate's phone at a table because whatever reason, they took put the NRL on to mean put the NRLW on, which is fine. Uh, but prefer, probably prefer to watch my own team. Sitting there in a very stressful match, uh, happened to have my phone on the table. Uh, out of nowhere, this random lady, probably in a... Like 20s, uh, comes over to the table and just sort of hovers around and everyone ignores her because there's a cracking game of footy going on. She slams her hands on the table and says, effort, I'm leaving. Uh, leaves. About 10 minutes later, when I'm wanting to message probably Benny G or someone about how good the Cowboys are, I discover that I don't have my phone. Uh, we oh, try no. calling it. And then lo and behold, the girl that was just there answers and says, hello, who's this? And we say, well, I don't know. You've got my phone. And so she's gone because she was absolutely blind. We discover a friend's table. They are all exotic dancers there for a retirement party. I think she'd reached the ripe old age of 30. Uh, this girl had ruined the night by some callous comment, had gone over and apparently does this all the time. Like, Didn't mean to, but stole my phone and went all the way back to uh, her place of residence with it. Uh, did not want to bring it back. That's fine. A uh, friend promised that she would wake up early and go out and retrieve it because, uh, and I quote, it is far too dangerous for you to go there and get it yourself. So this was really good. This is while the Cowboys game's going on. Uh, get to the next morning. The night was ruined basically at this point because I'm thinking there is absolutely no way I'm getting this phone back. Uh, get to the next day. We have a little breakfast at the golf club as a little farewell. We give the phone another call. Uh, she very groggily answers. Uh, this is probably about 9 a.m. at this point. Uh, says hello, completely forgot the entire night. Uh, we say, hey, you've got my phone. Can I come and get it? She says, sure thing. Here's the address. Uh, so we go out there. Uh, at this stage, we've already been supplied with this girl's name. Uh, unfortunately, it comes up on Google for a couple of court cases, one being a, uh, a glassing at a, at a fine, reputable Gold Coast establishment. So already know we're probably going into a bit of an ambush here. But thankfully, the girl uh, appeared at the door, had the phone in hand, apologetic, hugely apologetic, has no memory of the evening, and uh, walked away with my phone intact. And it had been charged too. So <laughs> long story short, uh, the girl accidentally stole my phone. 
exotic dancer. Uh, we retrieved it from a, uh, a residence on the Gold Coast and managed to make it home. And it hadn't been cracked. It hadn't been anything. It hadn't been stolen. It hadn't been sold. Uh, all in all, uh, oh, actually, I, should, I forgot to add, uh, she willingly well, she offered to come out and deliver it to us when we called her, but she apologized and said, well, actually, I've got an alcohol interlock in my car, so I probably wouldn't be able to get there anyway because I'm still a little drunk. Just a so, little drunk. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's taken three minutes, but there's a bit of a rundown of basically what happened. Couldn't even enjoy the Cowboys game. Actually, when I got back to the hotel, I had to put my usual gif up on Twitter using my laptop. It wasn't quite the same. Mate, but anyway. I absolutely live for your drunken stories. <laughs> I wasn't even the drunk one. I was just there intensely trying to watch a Cowboys game at the table uh, with about 30 of us, so clearly not being in a sociable mood at all. So yeah. anyhow, uh, there was no super coaching. There was none of that. I was, I was very out of, uh, out of order, out of sync with everything at, for about 12 hours down there but all uh, all good in the end how was your weekend a little bit less exciting than that <laughs> but i can't complain i had a good weekend my boys got a very uh, surprising upset w over the storm i think i said last week that i wasn't holding my breath for that to happen and then lo and behold they went and got their first win against them for eight years i think it was that's unbelievable. They are, to be fair, wasn't um, hugely across a lot of the NRL over the weekend outside of the, the Mighty Cows, but shocked to see that scoreline, particularly when it was 12 nil after yeah. that, you know, my boy Nick Meany, who I brought in uh, last week, I think, uh, on his way. And then, yeah, just basically stalled. Although I was shocked in your article, actually, as I said, I've been fairly out of it. Cam Munster nearly gets 100 yeah. loss. It was a strange old weekend. Jump time points for Nico, for Moses, for Gutho. Uh, any other uh, headline stories coming out around 21? Uh, Nathan Cleary coming back? Nathan Cleary's back. Billy Army Kickout was on the the uh, extended bench but didn't get called up, but we'll go into a bit about that later. But, yeah, no, it was um, a good cracking round of footy. The Wooden Spoon Bowl on Thursday night kicked it off and it was a lot closer than people probably – well, I shouldn't mm. say that. People probably expecting a 2 0 scoreline, but there was a few points in it. Um, the Sharkies got done over again. So, yeah, it was a, a bit of a up and down weekend of footy. I must say, people have been caught out a fair bit lately. Isaac Tungo, uh, late scratching on Sunday afternoon. We had people bringing in Latrell. Thankfully, the news that he was out came a little bit earlier, but I think people have been, there might have been one in round 20 as well, and a lot of people jumped on early. Only to have him out. So, yeah, geez, the undo trade button is coming in mightily handy. Have you had any of these last-minute disasters? Uh, no, I haven't, um, except for, you know, I spoke about Cleary last week, getting him in and then missing the boat on him actually being out of the side. But mm. what I did hear a lot of is people bringing Isaac Tungo in last week and then uh, when he wasn't named and it was a Sunday game, they went, oh, screw it, I'll just get in Brian Toto instead. Yep who then goes and bags a double, has the try celebration of the year and uh, scores a super coach ton. So plenty of coaches out there, KOTD'd, um, mm. and they'd be laughing right now. I mean, you wouldn't have wanted to trade him to uh, to Ruva. Or maybe, no. I mean, the peach would have been fine, but basically anyone in the pennant side except for uh, the poor old Sunia Taruva. But anyhow, that's in the rearview mirror. we got a lot to, well, 
Uh, we would say a lot, but we've got a bit to chat about in round 22. We're at the stage where no doubt down to single figures in trade. So it's a will you, won't you, what do you desperately need to do? Uh, which deadwood do you need to cut from your side? Unfortunately, mine's Jeremiah Nane. I'm sure yep. a few people have of others uh, that they're looking to get rid of. And if you've got boosts and luxury trades up your sleeve, then go hell for leather because they're, as we said last week, a hell of a lot of guns back in so i'm going to defer to you with the team list tuesday news for round 22 oh did you see that yeah we'll kick it up off on thursday night with the broncos roosters um marty to power jesse arthur's obviously out for that one so tom flegler and dean mariner come into the side in their replacements and brennan piacura comes back in he's gone onto the right edge to fill in there um for the chookies Victor Radley was a late withdrawal last week, I believe, a, a small hammy tweak, and they didn't want to risk it, so he got pulled. But he's back in um, at lock, and Nathan Brown goes to the bench in their only change. So nothing major happening on either of those sides, really. Was it a couple of years ago that Victor Radley got sinned in like three times against yes. the Broncos? That was the side? Yep, remember that one. So he's back right. ready for round two. Yeah, he got. I think he got bin twice, reported three times in that game, and it was just... Uh, you just knew coming into the last 10, you're like, anything's going to happen. He's already getting suspended. So I have to watch this last bit. Hmm. He reined it in for some reason. What did you rate of, of Teddy's performance last week? Is it the confidence boost he needs? It was the Titans who did not show up 36-0. We yeah, score absolutely. Line. It was 36-0. Um, as I said, I said in my article today, Tanner Boyd was on there for 60 minutes, got hooked in the 61st. They brought in um, Jaden Campbell to play out the last... 20 minutes in the halves, and um, from 65 onwards, it was 18-0 to the, the Titans. Mm. So I don't know if it was a Roosters masterclass. Can't, I can't honestly say I didn't see the game, but um, it, maybe it was just an absolute nightmare from Tanner Boyd for whatever reason, and um, Jane and Campbell injected some life into them. You'd have to say, like, that was Teddy's best score of the season by far. He's had two... 118s that he got back-to-back a few weeks ago, um, but otherwise he hasn't scored over a ton outside of these three games. So you want him to really put in a solid effort here. I think anything north of 80 against the Broncos will be a win and probably a sign that he is back. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, quick shout-out to our, our friend of the show and of the pod or of the site, I should say, AJW, regular commenter. He brought this guy in last week. Uh, dropped Big it in the, the article. Absolutely. When everyone's going, the likes of Latrell and even Reese Walsh and all those kind of guys, Teddy out of nowhere. Although, in fairness, as you said, a couple of twin tons and running in the scoreline there. So, had the trip to Byron, all refreshed, good to go. Could be a very interesting pod in the run home. Some guy that we would not have picked at all, but he's still 700K, even but in mate, a terrible year. Wow. Maybe the uh, the trip to Byron's done him a world of good. He took a couple of mushies and scented his soul. Mm. And, Interestingly, um, ran into Todd Carney down there one morning. And, uh, that does not surprise me. <laughs> what influencer he was with at the time. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, old Roosters, I don't know if they were teammates, probably not, but Roosters alumni uh, caught up together. Who knows? Maybe that was the secret Super Mario ingredient. Yeah, exactly right. Anyway. That's a great way of putting it. Well played. Um, <laughs> yeah, onto the Tigers, South Sydney. The Tigers made a bunch of changes. Uh, Charlie Staines and Luke. Brooks are back. Charlie Staines onto the wing with Junior Tupo into the centres after his massive 136 last weekend. And uh, Sean Bloor is back 
only as far as the bench, but he was playing a lot of lock forward, so maybe he gets called up. I guess it just depends on how his quad is um, leading into game day. Down into the bunnies, Latrell has been named again. It will be a very close watch on him this week. It could be a massive score for him coming up against this uh, Tigers side, but he was named last week only to not get up. But um, I think it was just more of a precautionary approach, and uh, he should be good to go this week. I'm going to go out on a limb here, mate. I reckon Latrell goes under 60 this week. I just have a feeling that the Tigers will turn up here. What do you reckon? Is that, oh, mate? I've been th- throwing if, a lot of weird th- suggestions the, out. Well, but, that's yeah. it. Say so if the Bunnies can put a score on and Latrell's got his kicking boots on, mate, he might get sixty just in conversions. But I don't, I don't know that the Bunnies can. I mean, the, the Tigers we know are, are pretty ordinary. Um, coming off a tight loss last week, they've come in from about eleven dollars this morning into eight dollars sixty. So maybe the Luke Brooks naming has really firmed him in. But I don't know. Bunnies have been very unimpressive, even when. Broncos had a, man, a couple of men out. Uh, they still couldn't put anything on. And I get that they had a lot of players coming back in last week and they, they do with Latrell, but I don't know, something about them just doesn't seem to eke a lot of uh, point scoring opportunities. So I suspect Latrell might take a little bit to get back in. I'd Are be you uh, confident be enough hold- to take the Tigers at the line? Oh, Jesus, what is the line? Name your price, 21 and a half. Ooh. Yeah, look, okay, oh, yeah, all right. There's fifty dollars oh. still in our punters club from the weekend. <laughs> I suggest the uh, the boys probably wouldn't enjoy me putting it all on, but who knows? We'll wait till Friday, six p.m. and see how I'm feeling. The yeah. Tigers could be into five dollars by that point. Who knows? But no, I'm going to say maybe. I'm going to call it. The trail goes sub sixty, and everyone has egg on the face because he's got to be feeling very brave. I'm sure it goes on. Yeah, the phone will not be leaving the hand though this time. But break even 135. I mean, yeah. he's <laughs> every chance now that I've said it of clearing it. But I don't know. I would just be wary. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised to see him clear it, but I don't think he's getting that high. Um, mm. I'd be surprised to see him break 100 in his first game back after two months out. I think the gas will get him a little bit, but um, I don't think yeah, sub-60 is a bit far for me. Yeah, hoping, just fingers crossed. But, I mean, you know, he's, he's got rested in other games before coming back from injury and coming at fullback. Doesn't have quite the, the tank that a few others do, but who knows? Looking forward to seeing how this one pans out. Yep, on to uh, the game of the round, I reckon. Storm versus Eels on the Friday night. The Storm are going in without Remus Smith, uh, Justin Olam, Nelson Asafa, Solomona, and Tariq Sims all out this week. Smith hurt his hip. Sims has been suspended, but I'm not 100% sure what's happened to the other two, whether it's a resting or a bit of a niggle. Mm. Um, either way, Seve and Tonamapia. Uh, the centre pairing now with Tom Eisenhuth coming onto an edge. So anybody who's grabbed him as a, a duel, maybe hoping he wouldn't stick around or whatever, he's now starting. Um, but Eli Katoa, finally back in the side, back on the bench in the number 16. So it's been an absolutely punishing hold if you put yourself through it, but he is finally back. Not in the spot you want him, but uh, baby steps, right? Mm, yeah, I mean, disappointing. I think a lot of people talking him up as a run-home play, given how he, he was performing in what wasn't a fantastic Storm side. But, yeah, I think anyone who's still got him is probably not opening the app all too frequently these days. No, that's a fair call. The Eels have one change that they've had to make with Sean Lane dislocating his elbow. That was graphic and gross. Um, so Andrew Davey goes from the bench Onto the uh, left edge there, and uh, Joey Lusick, who only signed this week f- 
for the Eels. Um, straight into the number 16 jersey on the bench. Hmm. There you go, rearranging the deck chairs, old Parramatta. I think they're gone. Yeah, they got to do something. They lost to a very subpar team last weekend, so they were looking for a bounce back. <laughs> Should have been 50 nil. Anyway, I couldn't concentrate. The phone was gone. Um, <laughs> although, I don't know what their scores were because I didn't have a freaking phone. But what were Gutho and Moses on before that last sort of 10 minutes? Can't have been uh, that much. Moses was around 20s or something like that. He was very, very low. Hmm. Um, and Gutho put him over for a couple to put him up to 72, I think he scored. But, hmm. um, you know, Gutho was tracking along quite nicely and uh, just boosted his scores at the end for a really impressive ton in the losing side. I think Gutho probably found himself as a run-home play. Moses, I guess, still question marks. Um, missed one goal. But, yeah, I mean, I held him uh, out of the bases. I didn't want to go to Cleary, and I thought I could hang on to a few trades. It didn't work out terribly, that 10-point gap, but, geez, the doesn't look like, it, uh, you know, 10 points every week from here on is a huge uh, gap to fill. But yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll give him one more chance here. That's right. So we spoke about it, and I said I think that's going to be an easy 10-point gap. You, you take the 34 points out for the two tries, which Mitch Moses isn't going to get every week, and he was back around the you know high 30s, low 40s mm. mark. So that was a really poor game for him. He just couldn't get anything going. A couple of goals as well to throw in there. So, yeah, really good last 10 minutes for him and the likes of Nico. And for you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the Raiders on the Saturday afternoon, the Raiders kept the exact same side that went down to the Warriors last week in a Golden Point game. That was a cracking game, actually. Good fun to watch. And my Knights have made just the one change with Dan Safidi only lasting 15 minutes before hurting himself. Brother Jacob goes into the starting side and Brody Jones is onto the bench. So not much change in either of those sides. It should be a, a decent game. Knights in form. Raiders just dropped out of the top four and be wanting to bounce back. So both sides with a lot to play for this week. I know you talked about KP or Ponga being a captaincy option, unfortunately, that was missed last week. But what do you reckon about here? I mean, I know the Raiders are at home, but what do you make of your Knights away? Is there a surge to the finals? Start into the Raiders, I guess, start their decline? What do you, what do you read? Listen, I just said last week I didn't expect them to beat Melbourne. We'd, we'd come off three straight wins against uh, really, you know, the bottom three sides on the ladder, really, um, and putting some good scores on. So I just thought, you know, it's a, a productive environment. The form has come against the bad sides, but they really turned it up last week. They, we spoke off air. They were down 12 nil. Um then I, I based almost turned the game off. Thought this is going to be an absolute blowout, like every other time we play Melbourne, and, and they turned it around. They really limited what Melbourne could do defensively, and um, play some really good footy. So if they can bring that, um, I think they can upset a few sides on the way home. Whether they make the finals or not, it's probably just a one week um, trip into postseason football for them. But either way, I'll be riding them home. I couldn't believe you start in your article, mate, when it fullback this year, 103.4 points a game for your boy Ponga. Uh, I mean, pretty good VC option here in the daytime against yep. Canberra, who can leak every now and again. The Warriors tailed him up there not that long ago. So, I don't know, I might throw the VC on KP. Or would you be brave enough to go captain? Uh, probably not outright. Um, and also, you've got the likes of Cam Munster. If you go the VC on Cam Munster, you're really stuck with Caelan Ponga. Mm. Unless you can get him in at fullback, you can't do both of those options. So it's a, it's a little bit of a tricky one this week. Uh, I think if you're going to go anything, you go VC because Raiders, are, they, they can turn it on. They can keep guys mm. really low scores. Um, but, you know, 
you know, Chansey scored a, a 70 on them last week. Um, the week before that, they had someone score four. I can't remember who that was off the top of my head. Hmm. The uh, well, interesting one for this <laughs> again, a, a weekend story. But was it Whitehead and uh, Whiten that scored in the last like two minutes for yes. this game? Yes, had it them was. both in a in a multi in our punters club that paid two hundred and something dollars. So I was busy talking horse racing or something at that point and completely missed it, and almost missed the golden point. Made it to the tavern in time, but yeah, a five dollar bet out of nowhere came up. Uh, Jesus, so yeah, it was it was it was an up and down weekend. Anyway, it was a great weekend. What are you talking mm. about? Well, I got the phone back. Yeah, it's all good. That's it. Dragons um, manly. Yep, 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 yep. What do we got next? Uh, Dragons and Seagulls. Nothing really to note for the Dragons. Moses Embai has played his last game for the club as he signed for Super League, I believe. And Connor Mullison comes onto the bench as the backup hooker. Our boy Nick just put into the chat a few minutes ago that uh, he nuffed out Sony Luke a couple of weeks ago to Connor Mullison, so he's absolutely spitting chips right now. Hmm. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Um, just a quick one and another shout-out. We're the theme of the pod here. Um, a guy who goes by the name of Buzz Rothfield in our group chat, Alex Burrell, who's I think in the top 1K or, or thereabouts, uh, it gave Moses a bit of a send-off, actually, unfortunately. Doesn't seem to be uh, much in his good books, but Moses M. off to England, add him to the list of obscure NRL players from the 2010s, absolute overhyped plotter who somehow managed 200 NRL games for the three worst clubs in the comp. <laughs> yeah, but you, you remember that one year he was at the Doggies and he absolutely <laughs> tore the competition to shreds to start the year and everybody was on him. He played um, for Queensland as well, didn't he? I'm not sure. I feel like he was in the extended squad or something, but there you go. Uh, sad to lose perennial utility Moses Embi. Uh, good <laughs> luck in Super League, mate. That's right. He'll be the man of steel next year. Hmm. For the Eagles, uh, both their starting props last week suffered injuries, so they'll be out for a little bit of time. Toff Sipley and Matt Lodge are the starters there, and otherwise they are unchanged as well. Yeah, I mean, great bounce-back game for Garrick. Uh, 30 yes. nil into 30-24 was a bit too tight for a guy that needed the Sharks to lose. But Garrick in the, in the run home and DC, there's a lot of quality there. I'm not sure how we read... Longer term, the Sharks are pretty ordinary. But Garrick, I mean, I think a lot of people have got him in their sides. Any thought to bumping him out for someone else that's, you know, maybe in a better side, something like that? Are you running home I'm, with I'm running home with him. I'm still sticking firm on the thought that uh, goal-kicking fullback is next uh, available in the centres as well is just the next best thing in super coach. And you look at the run home for Manly, like apart from the Dragons this week, they got the Roosters next. That is, uh, you know, whether they have bounced back or not is still up for debate. Panthers the week after that, which will be tough. Warriors, then they got the Dogs and Tigers to finish. So he could finish the year with an absolute flourish in the last couple of weeks. Um, and if they can, geez, that that could be like fifty-four to forty-eight those last absolutely. two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be good Plenty viewing. Plenty of goal kicks for the young fella. Hmm. Penrith Sharkies. Penrith Sharkies. Hey, a couple of ones for the Panthers. Uh, Tango is still out, so hasn't been named anywhere in the squad reserves or otherwise. So there's no chance of him playing this week. Tyrone Peachy remains in the side. Uh, Spencer Lenu hurt his leg in the game and will be missing a week or two. So Matt Eisenhuth is on the bench and so is Zach Hoskin. He's come in um, in the number 17 jersey. So just sort of hanging around old Hoskin. 
Mm. Gee, Scotty Sorensen is the boy you wanted to get on. Holy Isn't he? Jesus. Jesus, he's been absolutely tearing apart game. this year. And I don't think ownership on Sorensen is very high at all. I think he's very much gone under the radar. People are just waiting for the wheels to fall off and, and not falling into the trap. But this year he is he is the guy. He's only two percent or three percent owned across the entire competition. I guess a victim of when he kind of came in during the season. So if you had him from round one, I think he must have been, what, 450, 500K or so to start. Had him in that Panthers side, uh, he was the one you wanted because, what, Luke Garner, everyone jumped yeah. on him. We'll see. He's fallen away. Garner was in the starting side in most people's starting sides. Then both he and um, what's his name? Liam Martin. Uh, Liam Martin, yeah, both got hurt, and we saw Zach Hoskin and Sorensen, and everyone went, Zach Hoskin's an yep. absolute attacking weapon. Let's jump on him. Um, and it worked out for about two weeks before Sorensen dropped a 175 and, and ran away with the competition there. The bloody WGD, the week got a dog, kept coming in stealing his minutes. Ordinary viewing. <laughs> he's not. He's in the reserves, so maybe he's a chance of coming up, but they're not playing yeah. those anytime soon. Uh, for the Sharkies, uh, Jesse Colquhoun is out for this week, suspended. I know plenty of jumped on him as a cheapy option. I don't know now. Wade Graham is in uh, his place. Does Graham stay there long term, do you think? Well, I think Teak Wilton's gone for a little while. And, I mean, geez, Graham's, I don't think, pushed out a full game. Surely not in in years. So, I don't know. The, the fact that they trusted Colquhoun before Graham suggests that they'll... Um, come back in but although in fairness graham wasn't available last week i don't think so i don't, no. I don't know i mean experience they might need it given how you know shoddy they've been out there but also wade graham's a very old man now yes and going back to last year i think and uh, possibly the year before we saw how he absolutely ruined ronaldo mulatalo mm. playing on the left edge there so real nightmare scenario for any mulatalo owners that were hoping he'd bounce back after a decent score last week yep yeah, see, and still no Matty, still no Matty Moylan either. So, no yeah, it's a strange Moylan. old time at the Sharks. Sifa Talakai has been recalled, but only as far as the fifteen jersey. And I, he was on the bench last week before getting cut on game day. So, anything could happen there. But um, you just have to think with their lack of depth in the forwards at the moment. Maybe Sifa stays on and, and does a bit of a stint there. Hmm. Elsewhere, uh, Dale Finucane has had surgery. His season is over. So Cam McInnes is now the starting lock for the Sharks for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's a, it's tough times for them. They're going definitely the wrong direction. Here's a game, though, that I like. This could be anything as well. Dogs and Finns on Sunday afternoon. It's probably two players, uh, one from either side, that are worth chatting about. Everyone else is kind of just window dressing. But Jacob Preston being back. Good news. Yep. If anyone still kept a hold of him, I think this could be a good game matchup-wise. And then you've called him out in your article that Jermaine Asako, surely yep. a bounce-back game for him here. Uh, I guess those two guys are the most popular. Uh, what do you read for, for either guy? Surely this is a game where you know, it's 44, whatever the dogs have been conceding on average, to 48 or something like that. Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. These two you teams don't. aren't. You I don't. do. I do. Oh, think. sorry. Geez. I do. These guys aren't <laughs> renowned for uh, their defensive prowess, so the ball will move a lot. There will be plenty of breaks and, and points put on the board. Um, so there could be plenty of scores across the park. I think the big question mark I've got for the dogs especially is they've got Preston, Addo Carr, Toby Sexton, Averillo is switching positions, Reed Marnie starting again, Braden Burns is back in. 
and Billy Kickow is playing his first game in forever. He may as well be a debutant. Mm. Um, just how does the team gel? You know, it's practically an all-new side for what they've been running out. So they, they might take a little bit to get combinations working right. Maybe it's a bit clunky for them. Um, Matt, I, I honestly don't think it can go much worse. Oh, definitely not. Let's just say it. I say it all the time. The good thing about hitting rock bottom is there's only one way to go, and that's where the Bulldogs are at the moment. They're sort of fighting just for some pride at the moment. Any word on JMK, Marshall King? So he has been named and then dropped and then yeah. missed out. Yeah, I've still got him. Still haven't uh, made the Harry Grant trade up. But, I mean, you're thinking he could be uh, another late scratching given he hasn't trained in contact jerseys so far. No, that's right. The report weeks. out of yesterday was he was back training and back running. Um, two days ago, there was a potential for his season to be over. But uh, training in the non-contact jersey yesterday um, – I guess potentially just to get some the K's in the legs over the next couple of days and get some base fitness. But they've also got Anthony Milford on the bench there as a utility to come on if, if need be. Um, you know, Nico Rima could switch into nine and Milford could come into the halves if they need it. So if he's going to play, I think it's going to be a low-minute game. I don't think he's going to be out there for 80, which we would be used to. So uh, a bit of a tough a bit of a conundrum for our owners this week might be worth just sitting him and see how it goes. If you miss out on a 60, so be it. It's not going to break your round. But, um, you know, if he drops a 20 or 30, you could be kicking yourself. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, if it if he was healthy, 100% backing him in a game against the Dogs, daytime, seeing how good he is. But, yeah, it's just whether or not he'll actually friggin' play. So I've got to toss up between him and Ezra Mam. To, as Oof. a quick aside, what would you do there? Flip a coin. Jerry Marshall King just out of pride. Uh, and then I'll blame you when he doesn't get there and I get Davi Mawale's 15 points. Done. Anyhow. Still, <laughs> still worth it. Yes. And uh, yeah, last game of the round, uh, absolute uh, fizzer, this one. <laughs> Titans versus Cowboys, the Queensland Derby. Uh, no changes for the Titans, despite the shellacking they got from the Roosters. Tanner Boyd, despite what I just said, retains the seven jersey for now. Um, but Jaden Campbell is on the bench still, so there could be some more shenanigans either at the starting side or during the game. Uh, otherwise, they're running out as named last week. I just noticed Chris Randall did play in prop last week and dropped a 90-point mm. game. Um with Isaac Liu dropping to the bench. So that one shocked me a little bit. Chris Randall's not the biggest guy going around, a bit in the old um, Jake Granville mould. That is one of the re- weirdest scores I think I've heard about all season. And in fairness, uh, quick spoiler, we've got our usual talkie awards coming up at the end of the year. We'll be on the lookout for weird sort of unusual stats like that. So Chris that, yeah, Randall that has to be on the podium. Scoring. If it's not a winner, it's got to be on the yep. podium. Jeez, there you go. Playing prop and scoring 90. Well done to the young fella in a pretty resounding defeat. Uh, Dave for feet, 144 break even. I still don't own him, mate. Who knows? Probably go the whole season without him. But uh, I mean, what are you doing? Obviously, you're playing him if you've got him, but not as urgent to buy as he maybe was for the last month or so. Yeah, he's one of those guys, and I don't know about you, but I'm sub five trades at the moment. Um with probably one more I need to make to sort of get my final team together and then just hold on and hope that no one gets injured. So it's a tough stage of the season to be bringing him in if you don't already have him. Very highly Mm. priced at 800K. That will drop. um, But 
do you have the trades and do you have the money to do it? Because realistically, you're going to be wanting to go from, you know, one one trade straight to him. Um, and I guess if you've got some cash in the bank with a Jeremiah Nanai there that you need to replace, spoilers for the next team that we talk about, but um, it could be a, a straight swap there, but uh, it's going to be difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm just having a look at the second row. I've got so many guys under 700K. Hopgood, actually, he's probably the only one there. He is the only one above 600. So I've got a lot of weird middling kind of players, Bateman, Young, Preston, sort of sitting there. It doesn't look right without Dave Fafita. So I think at some stage I need to pull the trigger with my five trades to go. But, yeah, not this week, I don't think, with that huge break even. And coming up against the Mighty Cows, who only concede, as you pointed out, 57 points a game to left-edge forwards. And as I said, the last five games, I think the top score from a left edge forward on the Cowboys has been about 47. So hmm. they're not allowing people to do much down that side of the field. Um, you know, Fafita's in a different mould, so perhaps he's the first to crack 50 in the next in the recent future, but um, I don't know if he's going to go huge. And just looking ahead, um, after the Cowboys, they've got the Warriors, Sharks, Panthers, Storm on the way home. Mm. Um, before finishing with the dogs, which could be a big game, but Jesus, like that's a very tough run. Tell you what, that dogs game at the end scares me because I reckon every single year my round ranking in the last week has been absolutely terrible because I don't have these guys and they save their best till last. So owning yep. him for that one game might be about the only time I do this season. So looking forward to that. That might be the one trade to hold up the sleeve. Perfect. You can't fail then. You'll go straight to the top. Thank you. Uh, your boys, Jeremiah Nanai mentioned he's out the next four to six weeks with an AC joint injury. Um, that's tough because I only brought him in two weeks ago as a mm-hmm. pod-ish play, but um, it really kicked me in the beans, that one. Helam Lukey's still out, so they've gone the young fella, Finifuiaki, on the edge. Um, decently priced at 277 with a break-even of 35, but I think... Lukey returns next week or possibly the week after. So it'd be a short run for the young fella. It would. He looks like an absolute gun. Surprised he's still in 277K. I guess the minutes have been pretty low, but looks really attacking when he gets out there. So looking forward to seeing how he goes. But yeah, I mean, Nane goes out, Lukey comes back in. Absolutely no. Well, it's a loss, but geez, just the depth, the depth on the young fellas. Yeah, so no. Lukey was absolutely holding his own midway through the mm. year. So I don't think you lose too much without Nanai out there. Uh, otherwise, it's just a couple of nufties in on the bench with Jermaine Tanoa Brown and Sam McIntyre. And you've called it how annoying is not owning Scott Drinkwater, 1 to 10. That's disgusting. Like 11, 12? Uh, I'll give it a 10.81 because he's currently 1,800,000 or 1,081,000. It is an unreal price size. And 146 break even could go, could still go to 1.1 million. He dropped a 180 earlier in the year. It wouldn't be the first time he surpassed that. No, but just like everything he's doing out there, like it flew under the radar a little bit in that big stretch. We all thought the cows would, even I did, uh, have a little bit of a lull, but just not happening. Uh, it's got to happen eventually. But if you've got this guy, that is a huge, huge pod. And, I mean, we're talking big numbers here, but is there any thought to finding cash for him? I, thought, I think we brought it up last week and the week before, but any thought to just finding the extra 100, 200K to go him rather than, I guess, a Latrell? Mate, if I could, I would, but I just absolutely cannot afford that. No way in hell I could do it. I'd have to be nuffing out a... 
a gun just to up a Gutherson to mm. him sort of thing. It's just it's not worthwhile. Yeah, would be a good run though, and you'd absolutely break him, so please don't. Uh, or <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll consider it. All right, let's take a quick break. We've gone kind of through a lot of the ins and outs and some of the trade targets we're talking about, so I don't think it'll be a lengthy session when we come back in, but we'll talk about some captain's vices and go through a couple of those guns once again. We'll be back in a moment. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Great song, great song, great song. Let's get into Captains and Vices, Lakey. Let's go uh, change the order up a bit here. We did speak about him before. I've VC'd Kalen Ponga just on the off chance that they have a very big game against the uh, Raiders up in Canberra. But I've gone Valentine Holmes, and I went him last week and unfortunately copped the sin bin, which was probably a fair call, even as a very one-eyed Cowboys fan. But 50 points still dropped. I think this could be another big Arvo game. For a big Val, so I'm expecting uh, a pretty decent score from him. I haven't really given much thought to the likes of, I don't know, the bigger priced kind of players, the Nico Hineses, the Guthersons. Uh, what are your thoughts on this week? I mean, you've got Cleary, so I think you're sticking firm there. Yes, I'm going to go with Cleary as the captain. Um, I think, as I said, Asako could bounce back, so if you really wanted to go a pod play, then that would be the one to do it. Anyone with drink water is... Um, surely going for him against the Titans. But, yeah, it's Cleary for me against the Sharks, who are absolutely struggling at the moment. The VC is very interesting this week. Um, you've got a, a whole heap of options. Reese Walsh just destroyed um, the, the Rabbits last week and is coming up against the Roosters, who have been in struggle mode. So he could be anything on Thursday night. The, the Bunnies, as we spoke about, you've got Cody Walker, who loves playing the Tigers, and Latrell. If he comes back fit enough, then he could go a monster game. Uh, you know, Cam Munster versus Gutho on the Friday night and then KP against the Raiders early Saturday. So there could be a few huge scores early on in the round. Um, just hope that you jag the right one as a VC. I must say, it, it's not been many forward options that you've considered as or I've considered as captain at all this year. And if you look at the top 10, not a single forward amongst them. It's basically a backs kind of it play is. for this whole BCC caper. Gone are the years of, you know, Torhu and, and Tarpany a few years ago and those kind of guys and the, the Corey Parkers. Geez, who else? I was about to say John Scantile. You've got your, your Paul Gallons <laughs> and your Hindmarshes. And- yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. Oh, the Tigers going. going there. Oh, Captain Mannering, of course. Jeez. Mannering. Yep. yep. And he was playing a center wing. Those were the days. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, it, they changed the, they tweaked the rules a couple of years ago to favor more attacking raids. And that's where, and, and PVL ball, PVL ball changed the way we look at it. Mm. Um, there's a lot more scoring opportunities, a lot more points for those scoring opportunities in Supercoach. So, it's just a backs game, really. Must say, though, we spoke about him just before, but Dave Fafida, probably the only one I'd consider, and maybe Harry Grant. But once teams get on a roll and a couple of good matchups this week, uh, yeah, you could be really missing out if you don't get on those guys that are going to launch into huge uh, attacking sort of plays. Um, I mean, if you owned Luttrell, I think, and you know, you're backing him, I'd be definite VC for him just on the off chance. As I said, he goes sub 60. But yeah, geez, it, it, normally a game where you'd be rushing to get bunnies in this whole this Tigers game, but I'm not just not sure the way that they've been faring. So I don't know. I think there's a hell of a lot of options here. I might have a quick look at some of the some of the stats, but I mean, I think for me, when I had a, a bit of a run for Supercoach this year, it was on the back of some pretty good captaincy choices. So last week with a 50 didn't end up uh, overly well for me, but. I mean, I think that's you're kind of at the stage now. A lot of sides are similar. Do you think a good captaincy choice is going to be the make or break in head to heads and that kind of thing? Yeah, it could be. And the difficulty is going pod in your captaincy option because um, the stalwarts are the Clearies and the Hines that most people will do on a week to week basis because you know you're going to get a, a floor of about 70 out of them and they could go 150, 160 on any given week. Hmm. And if you're not on those guys when that happens, then you're already behind the pack. Um, so the VCs, I think, is what's going to separate you. If you can nail your VC, and and this week especially, a lot of people are going to be running short in the front row with um, Pohu Harris out. Maybe they've only got the two um, front rowers available to them, so they're probably taking an AE anyway. Um, you know, if you can nail your VC and really nullify that regardless, then you can separate yourself from the pack a bit that way. Yep. Now, it looks to be a lot of Nathan Cleary uh, love in the top 1% there. I think he's number 148%. Could still be some legacy from last week. I'm not too sure if people haven't updated their teams, but yeah, Latrell's up there as well. Cody Walker, the highest VC player of 21%. But yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of options here. It's not as cut and dry as I think it should or could be. Um, just having a look at some of the trade in and out targets. We're going to go through them pretty quickly. So we've talked about Nathan Cleary. We talked about Latrell Mitchell. Reese Walsh, number three on the list. He had a pretty decent game on the comeback from a swearing-related absence on well, last Friday night. What do you read for his run home? Does miss a game with a bye. Comes up against the Chooks at home here. They're looking pretty good. He's a decently cut price play when you compare him to uh, you know, almost 150K less than Latrell. Yeah, and I think that shortens very quickly. Um, he's going to have his low 22-point game go out of the rolling average this week. <coughs> so the scores will start heading north again. But they have a pretty difficult run home. Um, you know, the Chooks this week, if they are back, as we said, they could provide some difficulty. Your boys next weekend, Eels after that, the bye, then the Raiders and Storm. So it's a brutal run home for the Broncos. Even though they are second on the ladder, um, Reese Walsh could struggle against a few of those teams. I'd be mm. a little bit nervous bringing him in, but um, you know the, the Bunnies are also a top eight side and he just absolutely towed them. 
So 40K more expensive is the guy we spoke about probably at the start of the pod, James Tedesco. He is 700K. He's got the Broncos, Manly, Bins, Para, Tigers, Souths in his run home. Plays all six games still to come. I mean, if you were going to pick one or the other, Reese Walsh or Tedesco, Ooh, I think you've got to go Teddy just over total points, don't you? Tough, yeah. He's got the far better draw. Um, but I think you know from, from years gone past, I'm a bit of a – Reese Walsh fangirl, so I might lean that way. Hmm. Well, very interesting uh, flip of the coin, I think. Uh, I mean, if I'm ranking him, I'd probably go Teddy Walsh, uh, Latrell. That's that's kind of where I'm leading because the value of Tedesco is that he plays all six games. So uh, interested to see how he closes, if he can keep the form line up. Uh, turning attention to the Fords just quickly, Cam Murray. He was talked about being a cup price play last week. Gained about 51 grand. He was sitting sub 500s, which you don't normally see. And he's now put two good games together. Uh, what are you reading with his run? And do you think it can be sustained? Or is it just at the point of the season where we don't bother with these kind of mid-ranges? Um, I'm very intrigued by Cam Murray. I started the year with him and he absolutely let me down. But um, his good games... I would say his last three have been pretty good games, a 56 against the Cowboys, into an 86 against New Zealand, um, then Origin and a week off, 76 against the Broncos. Um, I feel like they're very – they're favoured to his style of play. They're very favoured to a middle forward grind-out game. Um, I think just coming up with the next couple with the Tigers, Sharks, Dragons, Knights, and and uh, Roosters to finish could be a lot of big scores and a lot of attacking threats where the middle guys don't get involved as much. So, so I'm a little mm. bit concerned about how involved he becomes over the back end of the year. But um, I don't think you can go wrong, You know, not at that price. No, I mean, I think if you've got trades up the sleeve, yeah, but I mean, there's probably a lot of guys floating around that price tag who could do the job and I think as you said still scarred from the start of the year where he would just pass the ball an inordinate amount of times I think I did ran the stats a while ago he was just compared to someone like Paddy Carrigan would not run the ball so I'd be a little concerned as the year winds on that he could struggle in that regard again and I just hate to watch it so I might steer clear of him alternatively given uh, Torhu Harris is a big out and as is I guess AFB Noah Black for the Warriors on the bye this round. Uh, a lot of people looking at cavalry in the front row. Payne Haas, uh, the highest-picked front rower at this stage. Uh, Payne Haas v. Corey Horsburgh. I'm going to throw that to you there as a basically same sort of price. Corey's actually averaging uh, 10 points higher in his last three games and is just a shade behind about 71 to 73 in the five-round average. So I'm really liking what the horse is doing, is it sustainable? And would you trust him over the more, I guess, reliable pain hearts? Two questions there. Yes, I think it is sustainable. No, I wouldn't trust him over pain hearts. I think Hass's issue is that he's had to deal with the origin and the injury over the last couple of weeks. So it's probably reduced his game time and his work rate when he's on. In saying that, he's not scoring poorly at all. He's got a 95 and an 85 mixed around low 60s. Um, hmm. So now that he's, he's healthy again, um, I, I think he can push back up to the 70s, high 70s he was getting to start the year. He, he only went under 70 once in the first seven rounds. Um, so I feel like that's how he's going to finish the year. I think he eclipses 
Corey Horsburgh. And if I was going to make the choice on just one, it'd be Payne Haas. I'm going to go horse mostly because you I love an angry redhead. <laughs> I can only get well that that love you, Pauline, but can only uh, afford him. I'm actually I've three hundred dollars uh, in from being able, so I can just afford him. So looking forward to seeing him run out. But uh, having a look, he does play the last six games. Did speak about how valuable total points can be at this stage of the year, guys that are actually on the park. And he's dual positioned. We've seen how uh, well how valuable flexibility to flip up and down with players on the buyer can be. So liking that and finishes with four out of six home games. So plays the doggies Oof. at home, plays the tigers at home <clears throat> in the nights uh, this week. So uh, a few tough games in there, but again, he's a forward, so it doesn't really matter about matchups, but loving the minutes, minutes per yeah. game has been huge. A couple of 80 minute efforts, uh, basically nothing but seventies over the last month. Got the origin taste to their game on the weekend. Um, the Raiders had an attacking rate down the left-hand side. He tried to throw a cutout pass and threw it at least four metres forward. It was a shocker. So he needs to just tuck the ball under the wing, keep the uh, ball playing to his halves and and just just do what he does. Nah, uh, risk, or, risk or reward, Corey. <laughs> Fire up. <laughs> Off you cutouts. Why not? It's your year. But there you go. I reckon Horsburgh, a couple of... Uh, key points to him. I mean, Payne Haas, we know what he can do, but I don't know. Yeah, just listen, like that extra game can't be understated. It is going to be very important um, because if you're trading to one of these guys from like a Torhu or AFB, then there's every chance you don't have anyone on the bench to back them up. Um, mm. So, you know, pairing him, you know, trading out of Jeremiah Nanai to a Horsburgh and being able to switch back and forth between him and Torhu potentially you, you've got cover in both sides of the forwards there, and um, that could get you that extra number on the run yep. home that you you need. Agreed. Uh, so I've actually been able to go nane to him, but let's talk about the people that have to trade another forward out if uh, out of necessity. And is is Torhu? I mean, he's been a bit down over the last couple of weeks. Had a I think illness a couple of weeks ago. Uh, low minutes again last round. What are you reading longer term for him? I guess there's some flashing lights going off there, plus the buy this week, getting people offside. Yeah, a little bit. As I said, he's had a bit of a knee injury he's been carrying all year. Um, didn't need to do much against the Sharks, so had his, I think, second lowest score of the year when he's been healthy. Um, mm. But, yeah, the 52 against Campbell is probably more what I expect going forward. It's not really what you want, but I think that's serviceable as a second front rower. Uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button on him. Ideally, I would upgrade him if I could do it, but um, with trades being what they are, I'm happy just to run home with him. Um, and just I'm, I'm hoping that this week off gets him over that pneumonia scare and the knee issue, gets him a little bit of rest, and he can finish the last five weeks really strongly. It's, just, it's more a hope than anything else, but um, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're like um, a lot of people out there and you maybe have got a, a nuffy or a you know, rubbish benchy like Mawali sitting in your front row, I think this could be a good week to make the trade out. But I think, as you said, he, he probably ticks a few boxes longer term, the dual flex and the guy that you could play on trust, um, you know, regularly going forward if you need to. does have a lot of home games too. So hopefully the lack of travel as well suits him. And I think, yeah, it can't be understated this, this week off for them to recharge the batteries and launch into the end of the year could be good. So if you'd need to for you know pure points this week, can't begrudge you, but if trades are tight as it is for you and I, definitely hold the guy. Any other uh, trade out, trade in talk? 
Um, I think the the rest of the trade ins are pretty stock standard. Um, you got your Cam Munsters, Cody Walkers, James Tedesco's there to round out. Dan Russell at number six uh, is a bit of a what are you doing hmm. for me. Um, I know he's basement price, but if you're going to nuff out to someone, you want someone who's not playing and going to get you, you know, 30 or 40 point games. So I just don't understand bringing him in at this stage of the year. And uh, I want no part of that Dragons lineup. Uh, as far as the trade outs go, the, the top three trade outs, you've touched on one with Torhu Harris. Number two is Nico Hines, and number three is Sean Johnson. Um, you know, Johnson on the buy this week and plenty of people are going him to Cleary. Nico Hines, an absolute stud of the game. I just don't quite get it. And if if people have that many trades up their sleeves that they can be making these moves and chopping and changing like this, what are you been doing the last couple of months? Because you've surely <laughs> not been playing the game. No, I mean, I think we spoke about it last week. If you're tied on trades, Cleary is an absolute luxury. Well, not absolute, but... Uh, if you've got Hines, who's just pushed out a 70, admittedly, or 80 in, in pretty shitty game, and plays uh, the Penrith side this week, so again, could be a tough matchup, but he's been reliable even when the Sharks haven't, so I think surely uh, yeah, he's a he's a definite run-home play. Same as SJ, like, you watch him um, no, last week. destroying it, yep. absolutely destroying it, and he's fun to watch. That's the best mm. part about it. Four games at home as well, I think it was, uh, as we said before. Can't be understated. Uh, might be three, actually. But yeah, I placed the Tigers over in Hamilton as well. It's like it's, it's just looking like a good back end of the year for the Warriors, and SJ will be at the forefront of it. Gets the rest this week. I think look longer term, unless you've got you know 15 trades, why not do the flip up and down this week? Um, people Pushing yeah, for yeah. a Dally M as well. He's not mm. going to want to take his foot off the gas. Um, Titans, Tigers, Manly, Dragons, Dolphins to end the year. He could go on five straight tons. Yep. Now, I'll be flicking Mitch Moses. If you're going to do anyone, I still own him. But, uh, yeah, if you've got Moses, probably flick him up to, to Cleary. Didn't uh, didn't look you know, outstanding. And I think, as we said, the 10, 11, 12-point gap for the rest of the year could prove pretty costly. But, anyway, I don't have trades, so I'm not going to do it. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyone else? I did see people trading at Valence Tavare, so he's in the That was fins. the next name on my list. Uh, again, he got a high break even in the 60s, so could drop some cash this week, but I don't think he drops too much where it's going to be a major concern. He's playing the dogs, and we know how yep. many points we get. You know, they can give up, and we spoke about what we think of the game. It's going to be high scoring. So Tavare could cross the line and then automatically eclipse that break even and start making some cash again if that's your concern. And I just... Now that he's locked down the center position, as a fifth or a sixth center wing option, you've got far, far worse options there. You know, you'd only play him when you absolutely need to, and otherwise, let him just uh, do what he does on the bench. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think you know, you get him in for matchups like this. Don't you? I get that he's probably uh, well, not. I don't say think peaked, but uh, not a flashy, must-have run-home kind of guy. But when he's playing the dogs here, he plays the tigers. In a couple of weeks as well, might as well keep him around for these kind of performances because so. yeah. all these sides are kind of out of the running. Uh, you know, defense optional. Barley definitely. So it could yep. be a huge. Yeah, looking for, and he's a fun looking player to to watch as well. So a couple of down games, but surely a bounce back here. Yeah. And Any final, the big one, Shot. number eight, Clint Gutherson. Over a thousand people at the moment <sighs> have traded him out after a one fifteen against you know the the form team in the competition. 
no, strange move. Reverse trades. Keep the guy in. He's just doing a lot of work. Like he's high break even or whatever, but you've got to keep him in. Plays. Your break evens and your money losses do not matter if you're never nope. trading the guy. Um, and the way he's going, I don't think you can trade him out. It's, you know, people will be wanting to get Latrell against the dogs and so be it, but a Latrell Gutherson combo on the way home is exactly what I'm aiming for. Um, I don't think there's too many better options around, uh, including your Teddies and Reese Walters. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, what, Ponga put 100-plus on them last week or thereabouts, the Storm, that is, and then he's got the Dragons the week after at Combank. So, I mean, there's a matchup to target if you're desperate to get him out. Broncos, Sydney, Penrith to finish might be the go there. Maybe Latrell's healthy by that point. So, geez, you've got to keep him for this round. Yeah. Great. All right. Any final words? Wisdom, mate? Dad jokes? Any of the like? No. So I've got to come up prepared with a dad joke one of these weeks, don't I? You do. I'll talk to, the, talk to the kids over the weekend and see if they've got any firecrackers for you. Please do. All right. Great to chat to you, mate. Now we're getting into the business end. Trades are pretty tight. So it's captains and vices, really the big calls to be made. So I think it's a lot of dart throws for you and I. But best of luck for the rest of the year. Quick shout out to... Our boy Kirk up, he is uh, floating around the 200 mark. So had a couple of tough uh, weeks. I think you pointed out he traded out Sonny Luke for enough, who then uh, is in the the, ex- the reserves. So yeah, not even the, uh, yeah. So he's on the bench for the Dragons, that Connor Wilson. So every <laughs> chance he's become another AE nightmare for Kirk up and ruined his VC chances. We did warn him coming on the pod. We ruined people's mm. lives. He's still, you know, he's still there and thereabouts. So having a career year. Great to chat to you, mate. All the best for this weekend and we'll catch you next week. I was waiting for you to sing there, mate. I was waiting for you to jump in. Uh, uh, I said I could do it. I think I know all the words these days. <laughs> you, know the best part? you would actually know all the words. <laughs> One of these weeks, we're just not going to have to play the song and you're going to have to sing us out. Mate, that needs to be the first and last ever video podcast. Podcast, as it were. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.